Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. On today's episode, Arsenal Invincible, Martin Keown joined myself and Simon to reflect on a big weekend of footballing action. Manchester United and Manchester City will contest an FA Cup final for the very first time, whilst in the league, Newcastle dismantled Tottenham to put pressure on interim boss Christian Stellini. Mr. Simon Jordan, I can exclusively reveal that Martin Keown makes no bones about it. He's been on the Guinness all weekend. Tell us more. What's been happening? <clears throat> well, um, you might say it's out of character. Um, my son's stag do, so uh, I think Ray Parler announced it to the rest of the world, so that was good of Ray. But anyway, uh, which <laughs> might try to keep it secret, so we've had a wonderful time. Yeah. Uh, I must say I went to a, um, a sports bar in Dublin, the Camden Sports Bar, incredible gym, the biggest TV screen in Europe. Honestly, you you talk about the three o'clock. So I know it's one of your discussions later. We can watch whatever game we want. It's just honestly like a kid in a sweet shop. Okay. So uh, yes, I had a Guinness watching that, but no, great, great crack. Great and lads. the Dublin 25, branch of Arsenal Twenty-five fans. of us looked after by Dublin. Excellent. Um, we give them a warm welcome. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. But uh, you're going to hear my journey into work this morning. Chiltern Railways is a disgrace. <laughs> Honest to God, four carriages from Oxford. They know there's a bridge down. By the way, that's Great Western's fault or the National Rail's fault. Um, a rusting old heap that's been, uh, they haven't maintained it just outside of Didcot for, for a number of years. And we're paying the penalty, Jim, nearly two hours to get to work today. Um, and not only that, it was a, an emergency at Baker Street. Had to run to Bond Street. So I'm here, I'm here, but th- it was a challenge. Did you hear me ask anything about her? No, no, but it was very insightful. Yes. Very insightful. Yeah, yeah. So, have a word. Put some extra carriages on, please, Chilton Railway. No. Passengers. What about the passengers? Look after the He's passengers. Still going. Disgrace. Right. Okay. All right. So you need to run Contact along Baker Street. Contact me if you Street. want to, guys. All right, Martin. We're desperately sorry that you've had a job and a half of getting into work. How was your trip in this morning? It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> Couldn't You're open here. the window in that limousine. I got a train this morning, so wind your neck. Wow. Absolutely. Oh, did you? Well Indeed. Did you? Indeed. I got a train this morning because I was running late, and uh, I decided to quit the easiest thing because Jay's. Recovering from Tottenham getting beat 6 1 by Newcastle, who's <laughs> up there. Yeah, you're a lovely old chauffeur. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so I right. got a train this morning and it was a wonderful service. 
<laughs> no Everything complaints. was on time, no complaints. Well, that's because you're in London, you see. Well, there we are. I got the tube with you once, and you don't, you're uneasy on the tube. You don't like it. No, I don't. You don't know. sit down, you kind of hold on tight. No. You were holding on tight to me, which was lovely in itself. I remember that vaguely. Um, but we're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. If you want to watch the show, you can head over to the official TalkSport channel on those platforms. So much to get through this morning. Um, I, I heard uh, Bill Leslie, great commentator on Sky yesterday, the way he described the scene between Newcastle and Tottenham, Simon. Mm. At 5-0, what is going on here? And he wasn't wrong. It was an incredible scene. And I think Newcastle have won over your heart, have they now, Simon? You're, you're thoroughly impressed by what they've now done. Oh, I mean, I've never, they've never not, not had my affection. There's certain parts of their fan base that have not had my admiration because the moment you don't say anything, you know, that, that chimes with everything they think, then you're against them. Yeah. Um, but I think the, um, the performance of the team um, in the last 15 months... And the performance of the management team from from Amanda Staveley and and who she's recruited and what they did to get the deal done against the the, the backdrop of me believing it never would be done, um, through to the recruitment of Eddie Howe, who I thought was the wrong person for the job because I felt that he had not taken opportunities at Celtic and didn't have the courage of his convictions to do so, and all that's proven to be wrong through to their recruitment of a group of players. At this moment in time, Newcastle are the club that most people would want to avoid. Because going to St James's or watching this team and this irresistible mm. fan base being completely in line with the ownership through to the manager, through to the players on the pitch, was is akin to what's happening at Arsenal. But yeah. Newcastle was coming from a, from a further back position. They're, they're astonishing scenes, aren't they, that we're seeing at St James's Park. Oh, know? amazing. To see where it's, it's unthinkable a year ago to think what they can do now. Are the Champions League ready? <sighs> I, I don't think it matters, Jim. I think it's just going to happen anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Willock. Uh, I mean, the ball he puts in there for, the, for Isak... What an amazing... That's confidence. That's inspiration. Absolutely. I yeah, think the crowd confidence. bring that on. Oh, yeah. The fantastic a definitely fans, is a special they? atmosphere. Jim, we need to talk about Spurs in detail. I can see you want to go to break. But uh, Spurs... <laughs> um, We've got a know. few minutes. Man, don't, don't worry. You're still on the platform. Jim, you, could, you, Street, could, you can talk... I am. But you, could, you can talk about systems. I know they changed their systems. Uh, you can talk about bad performances. But you, when things don't go well, you play for the shirt. You play for that badge. Yeah. And I didn't see that from Spurs. Just no, we, we are going to go on to the Tottenham situation very shortly uh, and the situation with this fellow Stellini who finds himself in the hot seat but it's proven to be maybe that bit too hot for him that particular hot seat um, Manchester United beat Brighton I felt for Brighton yesterday I thought their fans yeah, were too. brilliant as well so United I mean, came, came down in huge numbers to Wembley 14 penalty kicks later and United are through mm. uh, Ten Hag remains on course to potentially finish his first season with a cup double just like Mourinho did back in 2016-17, yeah. Simon. Yeah. Now, Simon, before we hear Ten Hag, with the same owners, should there be more confidence that he can continue with United on an upward trajectory and not fall backwards like Mourinho and others did before But him? I think Mourinho is a very different animal to Ten Hag. I mean, what a wonderful outcome. A team that had £500 million of a players on the pitch that brought £200 million of a substitutes on beat a side that probably spent one-sixth of that. What a wonderful outcome that was. I wanted Brighton to win. That comes from a position of being a Crystal Palace fan that doesn't have the greatest regard for Brighton. I wanted to win because I think for all the things that are good about football, Brighton are a better side than Manchester United. They come from a better position than Manchester United do at this moment in time. And I wanted them to win. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, you know, the moment it got into penalties, you can't feel the writings on the wall because Brighton had chances during the game that you need to take in these occasions. Yeah. You need to take. I felt that the game was okay, but... Um, you know, as I say, I know it's a facetious point I'm making, but look at it. There's 500 million pounds of players on that pitch from Manchester United, and, a, that's, and that's not even their best style. It's out there. a great Do point you're making. But Brighton's such a wonderfully run club, isn't it? The oh, way yeah. they, and, he, and even Deserve now, they're probably already looking at a new manager. 
because they probably they're going to lose this guy. I think he's taken them to another level. The way that they play, it's punishing football. The way they well, punch. he might want to stay though. He loves the place, obviously. Well, it might be. Taken I think out they'll of get. An, I, I think they'll get another season out of him. I think he's that sort of character. He strikes me as somebody that when he starts a job, and I may be wrong, and 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 we looked at his record previously. We had bounced around quite a lot, and Sooners made that as a point about four, five, six months ago that there wasn't a consideration. I it should be a consideration looking at this guy's track record. Although Graham ignored the fact that he'd had five jobs over five or six years in the conversation that we were having. But Tony um, Bloom, being a betting man, is happy to make take that bet on, isn't he? It's a gamble, no? Well, Tony was Bloom... It was well, Tony, Tony, a gamble. Tony Bloom will accept in the same way they accepted... Educated. In gamble. the same way they accepted with Graham Potter that change is, is, is inevitable. What he did was he insulated himself against change by locking Graham Potter up in a contract that ultimately made Chelsea pay £20 million for nothing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> on on Tony Bloom, we, we seldom hear from him. I think I interviewed him once my time at Sky. But yesterday, Alex Krug did a great bit of work and persuaded Bloom to speak pre-match and Bloom spoke in huge warm terms about Deserby. Going back to the summer I mean we were doing great under Graham Potter I didn't even think about it but obviously surprises sometimes happen and I brought in Roberto and he's done absolutely magnificently um, over the last six months or so. He's an exceptional head coach, elite head coach. He's brought such uh, passion uh, to this football club. He's got the very best and more out of our players, tactically so astute. But we've been on such a journey, I don't have too much time to look back. I'm always really looking forward. I was Tony Bloom. So Martin, with or without Deserby, they're on a journey, aren't they? Oh, incredible, Jim, yeah. I mean, the players, how they get these players in, every one of them. And I thought it was terrific the way the game ended up yesterday, end-to-end stuff. Um, I felt for Brighton. Oh, um, yeah. The turmoil yeah. Game going through at the I end. I felt for Solly Marsh, hey, I, who's a great I, lad. If you're listening, Solly, yeah, forget it. You were felt, brilliant. Jim, do you know the way that they play? And I've been in with Wenger, all these lovely patterns. Uh, you've got to kind of feel it. It's like they're doing work on the training ground, which is, it wasn't quite natural for Tommy when he was in front of goal. And I think when it comes, he's a wonderful player. And it, it'll happen for them. Yes. It's whether or not they can stay together for long enough because of their model. The problem for Brighton is, is this, is that like Southampton once upon a time where everyone lauded and applauded Southampton in their ability to be able to be very competitive in the Premier League, get to FA Cup finals themselves and constantly produce players that everyone else pinched, Brighton are going to be in this position because unless Tony's going to go to the next level, which is put even more cash behind this business that he's already spent three or four hundred million quid of his own money on, um, and, and, and kick it up a notch, which is incredibly difficult to do. When we're talking about kicking it up a notch, we're talking about what other people are spending. He's not going to go there. So I think Brighton are, are having their does summer. He, does Bloom use the same strategy that he does instead of his betting company as he changed the market? Or being very there. good. What, I think, exactly. I think, I think but, the strategy of being very good but he's, and being very focused and being very diligent is one that football as a, as a business could learn a lot more yeah, from. An educated yeah. guest, though, tells me he's, it's worth investing in this team, isn't it? Well, Matthew Benham is the same. It's from the same industry. They have a certain view of the world, but they also look at people in, in the rounds and make sure that people do their jobs properly and get the right people to do the right jobs. Yeah, listen, if Ten Hag does a cup double and who's to say he doesn't in his first season... That is not bad, is it? It's not bad. And I think Ten Hag is someone different. I think this is a different uh, stage of Manchester United's evolution. I think Mourinho came in because he was considered to be the one person that hadn't done the Man United job that was big enough to overtake that dressing room. And what Mourinho did was live in a hotel, had challenges in his personal life, lost his father during the course of it, and was the different Mourinho than perhaps we would have liked to see land, land at Man United. Yeah. And of course he fell out with Ed Woodward, and the Ed Woodward regime was probably the wrong one at the time. So I think it's probably unfair to compare doubles with doubles. But I think Ten Hag, if he does the cup double 
Um, which I don't think they'll do because I think if Man City are on, on, on their game, they'll destroy Manchester United because they're a far better size. Then then he'll come out of it with a nice building block and a nice argument with the Glazers to go to the next level, which is two, three hundred million pounds in the next summer yeah. to keep building. But they've got some way to go. Mark, we'll talk United just before we hit the break with you. But Ten Hag spoke post-match and said, yeah, after what happened in Seville in midweek, this was impressive. It was the worst game of the season right, what we played in, in Seville. So what there happened, uh, we have to go through. You can't change it anymore. Only what you can change is take the lessons for the future. And what we prove is we can deal with setbacks. Uh, we can bounce back between games. But now what we have to improve is bounce back in a game, in difficult situations or occasions, in uh, away stadiums. doesn't matter what. There we have to uh, show personality. If you can fight three days after such a defeat, you can also do that in a game. It is just uh, controlling your emotions, stick together and go and turn around the game. Martin, if memory serves me right, you were none too complimentary about United winning the Carabao Cup in that, yeah, well, it's a Carabao Cup. We have to remember what happened afterwards, didn't we? You know, it, they kind of collapsed in their season. They lost 7-0 to Liverpool. And in Sevilla was another collapse in, in midweek. So, so where's your mind with him now? Well, I mean, he's turned a, a negative into a positive by going and winning, you know, that really important semi-final. But while those um, question marks still exist, you know, it's a work in progress. Do you think um, City batter them in the final? I don't think that ever happens in a Manchester derby game. It, it, Manchester would overtake London for the day. Uh, there'd be a lot of pressure. There's a, an army of games for Man City to accomplish. They're probably looking for for a seven days later to play in a Champions League final, Jim. Seven days before that, they would uh, would have liked to have finished off winning the Premier League. So it's all about momentum. I think if they can win the Premier League, City, then I don't see them stopping Manchester United uh, winning. You know, sure, Manchester United won't beat them in the FA Cup final. If I don't think so. And I think that, I think the fact that this um, if this if this game was played at the City uh, at City Stadium or United Stadium, I think that the derby would override the factor because of the nature of the fixture. But this is in London it's neutral you're going to have equal amount of fans inside the ground I think the better team will win and the better yeah. team yeah. undeniably is yeah. Manchester City Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation Outspoken with White and Jordan I mean Simon I don't know about you I, I was out yesterday afternoon I looked at my phone and thought I wonder how they're doing I wonder how it's going 5-0 at half time but am I seeing right Am I seeing what are we seeing here in Newcastle? Now, I said going into the break, you did have a serious tilt at me when I said top six. We all did. Um, you, you and Danny Murphy had and a so, real good. And at so me. did Sunes as well. Three of us said that we doubt it. We all felt that Newcastle would make an impression on the Premier League and it might get get to eighth. Now you're not but, laughing now. No, because we've been proven to be wrong and it doesn't matter because at the end of the day if you give an opinion you, you do enough of them eventually some of them are going to be wrong. In this instance the situation with Newcastle has superseded even your expectations. You didn't legislate for top four. Nobody legislated for top four. That would have been a pipe dream. The fact of the matter is you've got two irresistible forces that have fallen out of that particular component part which are Chelsea and Liverpool. Yeah. No one priced that deterioration in. Now you put that you put the you put the Liverpool of the last two years back into the mix. You put the, the Chelsea of the last two years back in the mix. Maybe Newcastle aren't in fourth spot but they are. And you only deal with the here and now. And what they've done, from the way they took Man City on early in the season to where they are now, they've been fantastic well, on the sure. eye and well, fantastic on the ear. You see, I remember hearing the name oh, Mbappe when the Saudis took over, uh, Martin. It went crazy. And the Newcastle fans were, thrown, quite rightly, throwing all sorts of names into the mix. They'll go for Mbappe, they'll go for this guy, they'll go for Neymar, they'll go for him, they'll go for him. Well, they didn't. They strengthened very, very effectively. And I think they'll do that again. 
come August, when they do it again, I think thereafter, no disrespect to them, people like Dan Byrne, like Longstaff, like Murphy, might be a bit under pressure to keep their, their places because they will bring in seriously well, talented unfair. individuals. I think one of the things that Eddie has done especially well has impressed me is well, the way the tune he's got out of the current group. Almiron is just unrecognisable. Joe Linton, yeah. unrecognised. I mean, Isak is a quality player, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, 75 million pounds. He just purrs, Jim. I mean, but now it's <laughs> natural progression, Martin. But, but yes, but they've got an eye for a player. We, we all saw him, I think, playing for Sweden in the in the, Euro, the last Euros. For, oh, well, he's a good player. Well, Eddie's acted on it and gone and got him. Yeah, but yeah. in the Champions League market now. Yeah, and there's well, a different are. dynamic, so that goes against your argument. Once upon a time, Newcastle would have had to, would have had to convince people, irrespective of the Saudi money coming in, irrespective of the fact that we considered them to be, and it wasn't sensible people that were suggesting Mbappé was going to go to Newcastle, it was hysterical people that were su- suggesting that the Saudis were just going to go bang, and they said they weren't, and they didn't. But notwithstanding, they still spent 250 million quid over two transfer windows, the best part of it, so they yeah. haven't sat there being slouches, but they had a market to fish in. They don't have it. That market is now changing. Now. I think if I, if I was well, looking, I think now they'll go after City next season. Well, this is well, I this, think they this, could this, end up being their biggest challenge. Yeah, but now they've got to sort of where do they strengthen? I thought uh, Ollie Watkins maybe raised a little red flag against them just a few weeks ago. His pace. So the two centre halves either mm. either we protect them. That was best. uncharacteristic, as Eddie yeah, said. Yeah, but you protect them better, or you don't leave them in a one. <laughs> what are you PR for Newcastle now? You, no, no, you no. Don't leave That's them your a, job, Jim. You I don't leave them. So. You don't leave them in a one v one situation because they didn't have the pace to deal with it. Maybe you have to protect them better. And their fullbacks, I mean, Trippier always flies forward, doesn't he? They create like a three at the back. So I like what they do. Um, and as I said earlier in the show, Will, Willock now is just unrecognisable, yeah. as so many are. So that's good credit to the manager. Um, they've got to build and buy the right players up to now. I see no reason why they can't continue. But if they end up in the top four next season, Jim, they, they have my respect. Because I think next year now everyone's looking for them. And I think that's right. I think ultimately Newcastle fans that are sensible ones will look at it first. and say, if they get into a situation where they retain the position inside the top four, which is no mean feat, yeah. then they'll be right on the building blocks. But they also have a different conundrum now, which is expectation is there for them now. Yeah. And they're in the Champions League, so they open up a different dynamic of player. I still maintain that part of the caution was there to be had. They didn't waste money, but they were also not able to spend that much money on certain players because those players wouldn't have looked at Newcastle as seriously as they may do now. Now they can find themselves in a situation where Champions League football beckons, and I don't see any reason why Newcastle can't <coughs> excel in the Champions League. I don't see any reason to depend on their draw. No they can't. stone on turn. Go, uh, that's what you I'm know, saying. When, when you see your captain get booked for blocking the path, twice, by the way, this season, blocking the path, he's sitting on the bench, there's a captain, he goes out and he blocks the fro- the, a long throw from the opposition. You know they're working on every single thing they can to yeah. gain an advantage. Yeah. Players will go down injured, pretend, pretend to be injured. You know, it happens. They can't kid. I know what they're doing, but I think actually it's really clever. They've, they, the manager was out to Atletico Madrid. He wanted to find out the, the the other side of the game, and I think he's learned everything. He's come back really well equipped, Jim. But the energy that which he can get that team to play at as well. These yeah. are when they're, they're when they're in the in front and they try and play. You know the management of games is first class. But well, let's get tactics. it on record then. Do they finish in the top four this season? I think they do now. Yes. Oh, I think it's probably likely. Yeah, because who are, who are we suggesting is going to overtake them? Tottenham are a shambles at this moment in time. Liverpool are starting the Rangers, but they're coming back from too far. I think now. Because I think Newcastle. It's theirs mm. and the fixtures they've got. It's theirs to lay claim to, and I suspect they probably will do because they've got everything going in the right Everton direction. Next, but they I did believe. get beat Southampton followed, week. Following I know. Jim. I know you're saying that that's out. Of, well, Palace took them to a nil-nil draw a month earlier than that. They've played against a shambolic Tottenham, but the body of work over the season has suggested that Newcastle are well worthy of a top four spot. Yeah, um, I, I reckon now, Simon, I think y- y- you cannot do anything other than take them serious uh, going into next season. I mean, 
There's there's Mike Simon. Jim, remember Simon hammering Trippier, saying it was only about the money and not about the project. I didn't hammer him. That's yes, a mid- did. no, I didn't. Project's going pretty no, well. No, says I didn't. Mike. I said to him that without the money, he wouldn't have gone there. So let me get so let's, let's get this right. Mike Ashley wants to yeah, sign. Kieran, you prioritised on the money. No, 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 I didn't. I yes, said you a, did. I said a big part of it was the money because without if, if Mike Ashley had been there, would he have gone to Newcastle? No. The fact there was a new ownership model with a new direction, it was in part a yeah. part of the reason, not the only reason. I didn't say it was the only reason, and it gets mischaracterised by people like you. Oh, really? Yes. Um, what did we witness in Tottenham? What did we actually witness, uh, Martin? Because now we've seen it's been a meltdown. Conte's come and gone. He's out of there. Stellini's in the hot seat. Should he be? Ryan Mason's alongside him. Tottenham, from Champions League football to Europa League football to Europa Conference League football to no European football? Is that what we're looking at next? Well, I mean, if you thought it was bad with Conte, I mean, it's far worse now. I think he was holding it all together, Jim. And uh, people on the way out, he was trying to explain. He was saying, look, and he started to come for the players. And I think now you got it's very, really worrying... You know, you can say, okay, this manager changed the system for the first time in probably three years. Jim, they play with... I know you're looking at your watch, but they, the systems are important. <laughs> but it only takes you so sorry, far. I'm so sorry. You have to have a passion and a desire, okay? The players just didn't turn up. Who could you look at amongst that group? That was actually... Stand- and that's even the captain. I know he gets his goal, but that's not enough. You know, you pay... So he's Conte right all along then? Well, yes. And he told us it all before he left. That this, well, that group, this, this group haven't got what it takes. This lot will implode. I'm out of here. Now, there's major issues now because Harry Kane was just having these conversations. Simon thinks that he's going to stay and he'd made, you know, I think he's in the comfort zone if he stays. If it carries on like this and there's not a reassurance and a manager who comes in there, they're in major difficulty right now. They've got good players who aren't playing well enough. And you, can't, so you think Kane should go? I think he's now looking at it. He's thinking, can, I, can we keep losing games in this manner and me really stay here? Is it viable for me in my career? I'm not well, so he's sure. Part of it. Does he do everyone a favour by saying, do you know what, I'm off? Because if we're prepared for these sets of standards, maybe I ought to leave. I ought to go somewhere else. I've done everything I can. And let's see how you have my blessing. I, I hope you do well when I leave. But maybe I should go and the money comes in to try to real, 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 rebuild the club that I love. Mm. The challenge is I mean, listen, there's no way Daniel Levy should have left um, the situation in abeyance with that might be availability of, of, of replacement. But. The argument that he fired Conti, Conti engineered a reverse constructive dismissal. There was no place or place to go. Daniel ment- Daniel's mentality was, what gets me in the top four? Have I got to listen to this Italian's crap He should have made him stay, months? Simon. He should have made him stay. If, if you've got a make guy, him stay and uh, make you get okay. into the top four. And, and, I, and I'll confront you with the reality. If you've got a guy that wants to set you and everyone else around you on fire and doesn't care the consequence of it because he doesn't want to be there anymore, you're making someone stay against their will. Right. What Conte wanted to do was go. Now, whether he should have ever come in the door... I think he wanted to win, Simon. Well, then he should have provided a better solution because he was there for 15, 16 months and he created the same, temper- same temperament, the same culture and the same group of players other people did. And he was supposed to bridge that gap. Now, I know that all roads will lead to Daniel Levy and as the owner of the football club, it has to because he's the guy that sets the standards. But let's not get away from this. I've had football managers. I have players. They find excuses and everything. It's everyone else's fault. That performance on Saturday might be centred in not getting a manager I'll ask you this. Has it might got be... better since Conti left? No, but I think it would have gotten worse. So you should have made him stay. Make him stay. Uh, see what, out your contract. What a silly, thing, make him what a silly thing to say. You can make someone... Did he, did he come out and say... I, don't, I didn't hear him say he wanted to leave at any point. Conti set it. I mean, come on, Martin. He engineered. Unless a you're telling me things that are happening behind so, the scenes, so and you've got there, a, an in for Daniel Levy. I don't know this goes, story. Is, your eyes and ears don't betray you, do they? You listen to his press conference afterwards. Everybody incredibly honest. Everything. No, incredibly self-serving you about think? his engine. Didn't want to be there anymore. 
Whether people want to hear this or not, and I'm not excusing Daniel Levy from this equation because he is the standard bearer. Conti, let's get facts on the table. Conti didn't want to be there anymore. Whether that's because he's had he's had situations of in his life where there's been people around him that have passed away and illnesses that have caused situations, or whether it turned out a more difficult job, or whether he realised he'd taken a pup on. Right? I come from the world that you finish what you start, right? And you and you honour your obligations. Football managers don't come from that position. They come from the position of what suits me best and what gives me the best outcome. So what Conti did was determine an outcome, which is basically, I don't want to be here anymore, so I'm going. And what I'll do is I'll do it in public and I'll do it in private and I'll say the most uh, tenuous things and the most aggressive things to create this division so you can't have me anymore because there's no point having me yeah, anymore. I, so I could have made him stay from a contract point of view and what would that I think sometimes I think sometimes a very fine line when successful type personalities come into the building. Is he a troublemaker? Or is he, is he going to... He was striving for success and nobody in the building was listening to him. But it's how and you now it's a massive it. regret he's gone. But no, no, it's not. It, no, is, it the, should be. The, the it fit, should be. The fit, if the, yeah, and I agree with you because I was a major advocate for him, Martin, but not the Conti that walked in the door at Tottenham Hotspur that did a favour for Tottenham Hotspur that needed to be convinced. So and let's get to be rid of the guy with. who tells us we're not good enough. Let's get rid of the guy who's trying to set new standards. Go on, let's go. No, what no, that give no. He you? got rid of what himself. No, no, no. Comfort he, zone. Everyone's got, in the comfort he, zone. He got rid of himself, didn't he? Because and and, and again, I, I ask you a question. After sixteen months, the guy was ill. He had a major operation. to the break, right? I understand that too, right? But if nothing's changed in sixteen months, right, and the same sentiment you came in when they played Mura away in the European Conference League and he said oh that ble bleeding terrible it was when he came into a situation where Mourinho had said the same thing about the players right and 16 months later he hasn't changed a bleeding thing do you not think he's a part, in part culpable himself yeah, but of then course. Like, he should be allowed to finish the job to the end of the season well, he didn't want to look, he didn't look, want look, to look what's happened no no he was sacked no, he, he was sacked he wasn't amicably sacked he wasn't he engineered a reverse constructive dismissal he told the chairman of the let's get Daniel Levy on and tell crap. us what happened yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelize Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Tottenham, in disarray. Yesterday, it could have been any number. Yeah. 5-0 at half time uh, against Newcastle United. They end up losing 6-1. Conti's gone. What was the sense in appointing 
his number two, Christian Stellini, from now until the end of the season. Because he was part of the old regime and a lot of Tottenham fans are saying, what on earth was Daniel Levy, your mate, thinking about by doing a move like that? Why not have a plan in mind? Conte, as soon as Conte disappears, we put in X or Y from outside the club. A name who's going to yeah. do more than a selling no, job I, from I, now I, until I the end I don't disagree. Of the I mean, I can find no substance behind putting Stellini in place besides... Was it the cheap option? Well, I suspect it's absence of choice. Because we've sat here... It saves a lot of money, doesn't it? Have to sack the backroom staff? Well, they're going to go anywhere, aren't they, at some point? So you're talking about you're talking about timing. So you're talking about three months worth of timing. It's hardly going to make anybody particularly wince, is it? It's the bottom line between... I, I wouldn't have put Stellini in place. I'd have looked for a replacement. But if there's no replacement available and you're looking around saying, absence of choice, who am I going for? Look... We've got to get past this narrative that somehow I'm defending Daniel and that ultimately Conti gave him a, cho- a choice. Because only can, the Chelsea fans think. I sure. can tell you, Chairman cat- Union, Simon. Well, it feels like it on this side. Well, of the I, table. well that's fine because that's because you're looking at it through uneducated eyes. I, I can tell you categorically <laughs> that that Daniel Levy wanted to keep Conti in place, knew that the end was coming, but wanted to keep him in place at the end of the season to be able to achieve a top four. Because I said to him. I said to Daniel, and I'm not going to. I'm not worried about breaking any particular confidence. He's a pain in the ass now, isn't he? When you get rid of him, he said, because my better alternative is to keep to get inside the top four with him here, and I'm not going to go down and aggravate him. I'm not going to go and poke him because I don't need to because it will create the opportunity that he wants. Here we are now. Conte didn't get the poke that he wanted in terms of a reaction from Daniel Levy. He sets it on fire. So now you're in a situation where you've got no choice now. So he didn't actually plan for Conte to go. He didn't actually fire him. He's left with a situation where he couldn't do anything else but decide that the parting of the ways was inevitable. Then you've got to go. Who do I replace him with? And you look around, Chelsea can't find anybody. Chelsea have gone for Lampard as an interim. What did you want to do? Go find the next Tottenham player that maybe you liked once upon a time to sit in situ because it p- appeals to a certain section of the fan base. Will Harry Redknapp out of retirement so he can Ryan do Mason something? Ryan Mason did it last year. Do, do you feel Ryan Daniel Levy... The fans brought into Ryan Mason. They don't know. No, he's not did the Daniel Levy do the right thing? Yes or no? With Conte? Uh, throughout the t- entirety of their relationship? With, with, with his decision to, to effectively sack him? Again, you can't keep rehashing the same argument. I don't think he sacked him. You lose I think your he was job, pro- don't you? you well, no. I think up. I think what clearly happened was, as I've said to you on a number Mark of occasions, a parting of the ways. A parting of the ways. But I don't think he didn't sack him. He sat there with no bleeding choice. When you've got someone saying, "I don't want to be here," I think the whole group of these players are bleeding, useless, and selfish, and worthless, and so is this football club. What are you going to do? Then say to him, "Oh, please stay." But Simon, <laughs> what it, do you do it, in that situation? These fans are not wrong. It, it, there is more to this than meets the eye. Behind the scenes, there's chaos. It implodes when Mourinho's there. Days before a League Cup final, I don't think and he could. bins Mourinho. Yeah, I don't think it's good. So thereafter, everyone's like, whoopie doo, they've got well, Conte. Again, As you would say, here's a live one. Again, you, so might, live again, he's again, again you might want to ask the players that decided they didn't want to play for Mourinho anymore, that, that went en masse and made that opinion very clear to the owner that they didn't want to play for Mourinho. You might want to ask them why that situation manifests See, itself. you're pinning it on the players then. You're pinning it on the players well, then. I'm, I'm pinning individual performances on the players. The overall lack of direction that this club has had with some of the appointments and some of the bad decisions that have been made is Daniel Levy's responsibility. He's the, he's the owner of the football club. That's it. It's the end of the discussion. But Conte was aiming it at the players, Jim, in, in the end, wasn't he? On his final exit to be his final uh, debrief after a game, he said, look, the players... Because he, knew that's, because he knew that's the way it gets him and, out the door. And you look and you think, well, okay, where are the leaders in that group now? And it's like we talked about playing for the badge, Jim, isn't it? When We can hide behind the tactics. Um, we can say we don't believe in the, in the current manager. But at the end of the day, you fight for the team, the shirt, for the badge, for the fans. Yeah. 
and that seemed to disappear. And that's the most worrying thing. So who is it in that group now? There's, I mean, it's a very important day in their football club right now to try and pull this around because people have to stand up and see well, who they are. One, who are the characters? Number one, behind the scenes, do you stick with Cellini from this point onwards? Yeah. It depends. Or do you say thanks to him today? Well, it depends what you've got to replace him with. Everyone, I watched the Spurs uh, guys talking on Sky this morning and everyone can tell you how to fire somebody. No one can tell you who to replace them with and what that looks like. Besides, let's trot out of Harry Redknapp. Oh, fantastic. You're telling us it's Great. beyond the wit of Daniel Levy to find someone to go in there and do a better job than Cellini's done. It's beyond the wit of Chelsea to find a manager at this particular stage. What have they been doing stage. for the last four or five weeks? Well, I suspect they've been looking at an option that, suggests that, that waits for the conventional wisdom to come to the summer. Or maybe they don't have the options that we think they've... That, 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 what that would we, you have done? <clears throat> what would I have done faced with the same now, circumstances? Come on, Simon, be honest with me. Would you have done the same, exactly same, the same, same thing same, as Daniel? Same as Daniel. What would I, what would I have what, done? You would have. You, you'd have kept Cellini. You? What would I have done? No, you'd have done it better. You'd have done it better. Because when you employ someone like this, the thing to do is to keep him in the job. Yeah. How long can I keep him in the job? You That's the have. issue. Yeah. Not getting him there, keeping but, but him there. I, but I also understand... And he got that wrong I, I, and he's gone. No, I agree with you. I also understand. I would have communicated with him differently because I'm a different personality to Daniel, right? But notwithstanding it, don't be under the illusion that these guys are easy to work with and that they don't behave in a certain fashion. And I'm not just going to go from the chair because I think Daniel should do better and could do better and at the end of the day after 22 years of ownership the only thing you can point to is the economic success of the football club you're going to fall foul of a certain part of the fan base that want to see things won you can't decry that you can't say well the fact is the matter is that's irrelevant because when Daniel and Joe Lewis took over the football club that football club was in financial trouble and was in a situation that had no economic viability now they've got that with no win so now what you want is both and seemingly it evades them so he goes after trophy managers he goes after Mourinho at the wrong time in Mourinho's career right? it's okay he's gone to Roma they're going to finish fourth in the league and they're going to win the European Conference just League just to stop you there should he not, did he get rid of Pochettino just a little bit too soon what, what sort of pre, was that presenting again ag Again, that's for Daniel to answer where was that the question. loyalty there but loyalty cuts he both ways he was building an empire no No, I think the, I think the Pochettino he took him to the Champions League the, final but that was I think the Pochettino three months later he sacked the Pochettino regime was beginning to unwind that Champions League final Spurs didn't even turn up him and if you look at their form before that Champions League final they were going in a wrong direction if you look at their form at the beginning of the, se the, beginning of the season now maybe he should have stayed with Pochettino maybe he should have stayed with Pochettino but they but weren't it, winning anything under Pochettino yeah. either but Simon it's the usual riders and runners isn't it I mean you know the obvious names come to light every single time we're talking about Chelsea or Tottenham at the moment Nagelsmann mm. is, yeah. isn't it Luis Enrique's in there yeah. I mean where is this worldwide network of contacts that these people are meant to have well, where, where is it? Well, I mean, look, I mean, there's only so many managers out there and there's only so many managers that do jobs. We sat here debating with a very experienced manager in Graham Souness that has very experienced views that decided to tell us that Deserby wasn't worth the paper that it was written on, right? And and out of the ether has come a very good manager. Exactly. On so a very Barbara good, and, and but, Bloom have done he's it. On a, but he's on a very good platform. He, put, he took over, very rarely did you get an opportunity to take over a football club that's going in the right they direction. Dropped a few they were doing all right. Uh, Brighton they were doing great Potter handing them over a wonderful set of players and a wonderful set of uh, our friend Christian Purcell got it right at Villa because in comes Unai Emery boom he's made the difference well, it can be done sure, Tottenham and Levy can't sure. do it but he also got it wrong with Steven Gerrard so he took 15 months with Steven Gerrard granted to, but he had to get this sorry. one right and he got it right with yep. Unai Emery it would seem Tottenham seemed unable and, and answer, to get it right and the answer could have been in the same way that Newcastle went for Unai Emery and didn't get him and, and, and Villa did that maybe Tottenham should have been looking at Unai Emery. But then it's difficult to employ Unai Emery because who did he manage last in England? Well, they didn't stop George Graham managing. Spurs. Oh, yeah, and it didn't, get, it didn't sit down very well, did it? For let them, let for me that. be clear on this. You would stay with Stellini? I would have, no, not as an ideal scenario, but if my alternative was what? What was my alternative? If my alternative was to go to the old lag brigade and wheel Harry Redknapp out, then I would have said, I'll tell you what, I'll stay with that. 
I'll stay with Ryan Mason. I'll stay with Stellini. It's not ideal. It's not what I want. And maybe they can hold it together. And maybe, just maybe, maybe these group of slobs over here will have a bit of pride and not turn up to St James's Park and decide they've got no pride until they're five down. What you'd have done, you'd have gone missing, wouldn't you, during that international break and you just said, Conte, you're just going to have to turn up, fella, and face the music because you're going to be my manager for the rest of the season. That's what you'd have but done. But I think it's idealistic. I think in an ideal world, what you're saying is probably I think it has some right tangibility. But when you've got somebody that wants to set your house on fire, short of taking the matches away from them, you're not going to stop them from doing it. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. It's understood that Tottenham, at this moment, discussing the future of acting head coach Christian Stellini. I mean, I'm quite sure, Simon, on a Monday morning after you get home 6-1, you would be talking about Stellini. But they're probably talking about, do we stick or do we twist? Yeah, I mean, look... Stellini was never the answer. I mean, if, if and there's a lot of sense in what one of the callers said, which was if Ryan Mason did a decent job a couple of years ago and Ryan Mason's still there, why didn't Ryan Mason get and sit and play and put into play? And, and, and the clue should have been in the title when they played Sheffield United in the FA Cup quarterfinal with Stellini in charge and they lost. But Stellini did all right, though, when he was temporarily in charge. To, when They lost, course, the, Con- they lost well, the cup quarterfinal. No, 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 when Conte... Conte was having the operation and he was he was was he out the door wasn't he and he did all right and he, he then he had a he he had, yeah but he had a relapse he had a relapse and then they lost that game but I was there that night and that was worrying because Spurs had it in their in their gift really to win that game I mean look it would change their season completely Jim that was probably, exactly and it's always away from home Spurs mm. I don't know what's going the game against Southampton the three three. Um, well, they got beat by Bournemouth last week at home. Yeah, well, I know, but you look at it four one away at Leicester. Yeah, bad results. how does that happen? So, oh, and all this, and this was happening on the Conte. So yeah. we're, we're trying to say, you know, you should stay. But obviously he'd lost the players. I mean, there, there are a lot of Tottenham people getting in touch, Martin. Make no bones about this. Never mind Levy. They're saying the Certainly players can't. A lot of it is down to the players. What are the players doing when they pull on that Tottenham shirt? You always tell me, Martin, and I love you for it. You pulled on the Arsenal shirt. You were seven foot tall. What are they doing? Jim, it's always easy for me, though, as an Arsenal. When you come through the ranks and you, you know, you watch from the sidelines, Terry Neal got the sack when I was a young a young man at the club I think they lost to Warsaw in the FA Cup or it was a bad night and you realise hold on there's a responsibility here to the fans to fight for the shirt to play for the badge and to give everything so when when you know you don't really believe in the manager you know what's he saying now we're going to play what we changed it to a back four you, you could just see there was a slump in there and then of course Newcastle's performance is take nothing away Jim we're not really talking about Newcastle we're absolutely magnificent but you've got to have people that can stand up to that and they melted away. And that's the most worrying thing, is the next manager coming in, it's the same group of players. So there's going to need to be major surgery in the sort of core group of these players. Yeah. I think they've got good players, but they're not motivated enough. Before we leave Tottenham, I, mean, I know him, but I don't know him the way you know him. Daniel Levy, what's he going to do? Do you think there's, there's news coming out of Tottenham, right? They're talking about Stellini at this moment. Does he go today? Possibly. I mean, it doesn't alter the fact that even Ryan Mason as a default setting is a massive failure, isn't it, in terms of Tottenham's planning, positioning and outcomes. You didn't bring managers in to be able to put junior staff in place at business end of season. So Daniel comes away from this with a you know, a terrible look because he's made decisions that have ultimately brought outcomes that have been unpalatable and give him a situation where he's going to be ridiculed. I couldn't forecast whether Stellini's going to go. But what I can say to you is Stellini was never the answer. 
Stellini was never the answer. And I actually think... It's easy to say that now. Well, he he was never the answer. How could he have ever been considered the answer? We saw him. One of the things I pushed back against Tottenham fans and the ownership of Daniel Levy was Daniel Levy had nothing to do with Tottenham players not beating Sheffield United in the cup quarterfinal. That's all on the players and the manager. That's not on the owner of the football club because you don't need... You can see that, Martin. Of course, as a player, as a personal pride, you see this as a major opportunity. You know, there's no medal in in the cabinet. And so then, you and want you know, that. And you, know be, and you know what you'd be listening to now? Maybe Tottenham. Who would they have drawn? Maybe Tottenham playing Brighton in the Cup semi final or Sheffield United. They would have drawn Sheffield United, wouldn't they? Sheffield United in the Cup semi final and maybe in an FA Cup final. And you wouldn't be hearing this awful background noise about what this you football club. You wouldn't be, but they didn't. And, that, and, and why is that? Was that Levy? Was that Levy in this instance? A lot of it's Daniel. But was losing a cup quarter final that would have sh- shut some of this noise down? Simon, was I get that it. the owner? But undoubtedly, you chairman, and in your case, an ex chairman, you yeah. see things differently at times to the way the fans see it. Of course. So, how come, for example, the man you describe always as the bridesmaid is now in advanced talks with Chelsea? Well, you tell me. The, the, the narrative being built up around Thomas, uh, around Todd Bowles, is he doesn't know anything. So. Why don't I? Why don't I defer to the media narrative that's been built up? That he's making ridiculous decisions, or maybe he sees a different fit with Pochettino. Maybe he likes people that will interview like Graham Potter does and like Pochettino does. Maybe he likes people that are very affable, very easy on the eye and on the ear, produce decent sides that don't actually win anything. Pochettino won the league with PSG, which is again a given, with the exception of the game of the season that Lille won it. That PSG will win the league with the kind of squad they've got. Pochettino didn't win anything at Tottenham. So it doesn't make much sense to me. Is Pochettino now the answer for for bowling? In the current state Chelsea's in. But what's the question? Is the question that Chelsea Chelsea revert to the type of bringing winners in? Would it it be a good move for Chelsea to appoint Pochettino as we understand... They're getting closer to doing it. I don't, Will it end up the do, right do I move? Think, do I think it's a, a, a do I think it's a glaring mistake? No. Do I think it's a wonderful indication uh, indication of where Chelsea are likely to go? No, I don't because I don't think Pochettino is a winner. I think he's a really good manager. I think he's on the cusp of being a really really good manager, but he doesn't win anything. And I so with I, that in mind, I, what what are we going for? Chelsea's model for was to put winners in place, and they he's, don't now. I think Pochettino, Jim, I think I don't think that's a bad call in all of this. He needs a communicator. He needs somebody who can work with those players. You're going to have to go through with a fine tooth comb and work out the players you actually need at the football club because there's been excessive purchasing. The money they've spent, there's no togetherness with that. There's far too many players there. You don't know who, you can't see the wood for the trees. There's a amount of players coming in. So that's been wrong in the first place. You need a manager to come in who can communicate as experience. Yeah. I think Pochettino could do that. I don't have an issue with that. Well, to- I, Thomas I, Frank, maybe Spurs are thinking now they should, have ke- they should have kept him and maybe they want to go back after him again. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Frank's been talking about the number of people that Chelsea have brought in. He said, I struggle to keep everybody happy with my squad because everybody wants to play. If you're even more unhappy players, how do you create a tight bunch? Maybe that's what, well, Pochettino well, knows way- it and he's going to inherit that. Let's find out what the latest is on the search for a new manager at Chelsea. Alex Crook joins us. Alex, are they really close now, bullying company, to bringing in Poch? Looks that way, Jim. Uh, not done yet is the message we're getting out of Stamford Bridge, but talk certainly advancing. Mauricio Pochettino, as he broke last week on Talk Sport, has made it clear that he fancies the job. He doesn't think Chelsea are actually that far away from being serious challenges again, despite the poor season by their high standards they've had. He thinks if they can get a top-class centre forward, maybe a goalkeeper, then actually he could turn them into contenders next season. We know they've also got an admiration for Vincent Company and possibly Ange Postacoglu at Celtic as well. But I think both of those appointments come with 
the same sort of risk that you would get with Graham Potter, not proven at the top level in the Premier League. I know that Simon doesn't believe that Pochettino is an elite coach, but I think he's earned the opportunity to go and prove that he could be at Chelsea. And certainly he's more experienced at that level than company and Postacoglu. It's true, Simon. He's been out. He's, he's stopped well, out key, of it for a while. Well, you key, never know how he's going to be when he returns. And that's fine. And the key terminology that Alex used there, which is very different from what Chelsea would have used previously, is if Chelsea want to be contenders. But I, I was under the impression that Chelsea wanted to be winners, not contenders. Correct. So if you want to be a contender, fantastic. Pochettino's your man. You'll be a contender. No doubt about it. You've got a good enough playing squad there. You're not that far away. You'll get a centre-forward in. You'll be fine. So you'll be a contender. I thought they wanted to be winners. And that's where I differ. Well, you and I both know that in the briefing, Bully tells us he wants Chelsea to be the best club in the world. And Pochettino's a nice name on your resume. He's a great stepping stone manager. He'll do better than Graham Potter because he's used to managing at a certain end of of the pyramid that Potter wasn't particularly used to. He'll be better than Potter. But will he win anything with Chelsea? I don't think so. Uh, Alex, what are you hearing about Stellini? Is, is he still in interim charge at Tottenham? Uh, he is. We sit here at 11.44 on a Monday morning, but how long uh, that will be the case for is open to an awful lot of debate. We understand at TalkSport that his future is under discussion after that hammering at Newcastle yesterday. It smacked to me of a team of players who've completely given up on their manager. And it's actually been suggested to me in the last half an hour or so that Stellini himself could even decide to walk away from the job. It does leave Spurs in a bit of limbo. Of course, Ryan Mason, who's had a spell in interim charge previously, is still there. That would be the obvious route to go down if they can appoint an interim to the interim. Uh, Chris Powell, (laughs) their experience is on the staff as well. But it's a mess, isn't it? Daniel Levy's got himself into a complete mess. I agree with Simon. Conte basically sacked himself. But we all knew that this was going to happen. He, He wouldn't be a Spurs manager beyond the end of the season. So surely... Daniel Levy, with all his experience, all his acumen, when it comes to running a Premier League football club, should have had a successor in his mind. Doesn't seem that is the case. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.